1: Well, let's just say that didn't go as expected. He is Josh Ward. I'm Dave Hooker. Welcome to the Vol Report brought to you today by ZoolBeer. Go to ZoolBeer.com. I'm going to tell you a lot more about them and how they've got a worldwide winning beer right there in downtown Knoxville. But, Josh, we got to talk Tennessee baseball. Um, Everything on the line, game three a meltdown in game five or I'm sorry, on Friday in game one. You know, I like to go into this big picture just to get your thoughts and then we'll kind of drill down, but I know you're out of town, but just your thoughts on the way the weekend unfolded.
0: To say it's disappointing would be a just tremendous, um, uh, understatement, because this is a team that we just talked about last week, Dave, had a chance to be considered one of the greatest of all time, and it had created so much excitement, and that was on display. I mean, Lindsay Nelson Stadium was was rock and rolling this past weekend in terms of excitement and the buildup, and even after Friday's disappointment, Saturday went so well, and a lot of Sunday went well for Tennessee. I mean, middle innings, I don't think Tennessee fans are worried about a trip to Omaha being on the line, and then all of a sudden, two-run homer, and it's tied. And then another home run and you're trailing, you're thinking, uh-oh. And there's just so so many issues that popped up. And the last week and a half was challenging for Tennessee, a little bit off the field, some on the field. But um, yeah, it, it was a great run. 57 wins is incredible. But to be considered a great all-time team and for it to be an all-time season, you have to be the team that wins in the end. And, and Tennessee will not be that team.
1: No, they won't. And I was going through some – um you know all-time tough losses and Tennessee baseball is, is is not Tennessee football I mean obviously but still when you with the backdrop of this I argued in a column on off the hook this is the biggest loss for Tennessee since the night a, a prominent sport I'm talking lady balls men's basketball football and of course now baseball which it wasn't that prominent back then. But would be 1997 Peyton Manning losing to Florida. I think it's that big of a kick in the gut. We had texted back and forth, and you brought up Elite Eight. Just kind of your thoughts on looking back over a historical perspective.
0: Yeah, it definitely ranks high. Um, I'm I'm going to struggle to compare this to many of the big football losses because of what those meant uh, and what Tennessee football means. I think that's that's even still a a present-day conversation as football is trying to get back. If I were to to stay on the football side, losses that I would go back to would be uh, 2007 LSU, the SEC title game, because you have a chance to win the SEC championship. Also, in hindsight, knowing what that win could have saved you from with what would come next with the program. Uh, So the 07 SEC title game, uh, I would also say the 01 SEC title game, because that one you're playing to go compete in the national championship game. Now, would you beat Miami? I'm not guessing so, but you'd be playing in the national championship game. So you'd have an SEC title and a chance at a national championship, which would have been your your second shot in four years. So that's where I would go on the football side. The The basketball conversation is complicated because I say the Elite Eight loss because of what's on the line and how exciting that run was. I don't think that's the favored team that's remembered. So you could go a number of different directions in the NCAA tournament I do think what happened this past weekend is more disappointing than what just happened several weeks ago with the loss to Michigan uh, in the NCAA tournament for the basketball team, even though that team was well-liked and expected to be able to go on a deep run. But even this conversation tells you what this team was because we've essentially never had an opportunity, even with other World Series teams, to really compare Tennessee baseball to the the biggest games or the most important uh, opportunities for Tennessee football or basketball. That's what we're doing right now. And it is in the moment, but this team, uh, the head coach, the players, the amount of winning, uh, the the fans versus everybody else, I think that's part of the conversation here. Fans were all in on this Tennessee baseball team, and that's what makes this past weekend hurt even more. The, reason, the only reason that I compared it to the 97 team
1: is because expectations were so high and the hype was so high. Now, it's different. It's regular season, postseason. But that's the only reason just and again, football is not baseball. I want to be Mm -hmm. clear. But if I take them as individual sports just on their own, that's the reason because the hype and rightly so. Sometimes hype has a negative connotation. I don't mean it like that. But hype was around this team in bundles. They had a grand slam of hype and rightly so.
0: This is also a team that just suffered a huge upset loss. This team was a massive favorite in this game, in this series, to win the World Series. The the odds were honestly kind of insane, Dave. When you look at what the sport is, how difficult it is to go win the College World Series, the fact that it had been 23 years and we we'll having the same conversation next year, uh, 24 years, since the last time a number one overall seed won the national title. But if you looked at the odds during the last couple of months of the regular season and the last few weeks of the postseason, Tennessee versus everybody else, it was not close. How this team was compared, so a lot of times we talk about these games that Tennessee lost opportunity. Sometimes they were the favorite, not a massive favorite like this. This, this was Tennessee as the best team. Nobody questioned it. And Tennessee was the number one team in the country for a couple of months. In baseball, how do you do that? And, and the consensus number one was six polls for a lot of that time. So uh, a lot of it was that. that Tennessee fans, I think, assumed a trip to Omaha for the College World Series. And I don't blame them at all for assuming that because – Tennessee was expected to be there, and Tennessee should be there. I mean, Tennessee Tennessee is the better team, but Tennessee was not the better team this past weekend, and, and Notre Dame came in and took advantage of big mistakes. This is a team that was – they they easily led the nation in home runs. They had pitching that for most of the season was as good or better than everybody else, but they just didn't have enough of either in the three games. Saturday, Tennessee looked like that team, but on Friday and Sunday, not really close to it.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you about the seventh inning. Uh, when's the right time to pull the pitcher? Uh, I had a little debate with somebody over the weekend. I, I didn't I think necessarily that Tony Vitello made a pitching change too late. But we'll, we'll get to that. I want to remind you, this brought to you by Zul. You can see it right here. And you can see it at Zoolbeer.com. That's X U L, X U L, Zoolbeer.com. Check out the tap room, great place to hang out downtown. Their tap room was built in the 1960s as an auto showroom for Volkswagen. So it's 180 degrees of a glass facade that allows guests to enjoy the downtown skyline and watch cars go by. It is super, super cool. They stuck to the original design and they have, again, a uh, world. Wide winning beer, so uh, check it out there at Zool Beer right downtown. What did you think of the seventh inning and Tony Vitello's decision not to make a pitching change earlier?
0: Yeah, it's the wrong decision. Uh, Burns should have come out earlier, and uh, I, I think it would have made a lot of sense to not have him come out there at all. Um, and some of this is in hindsight, but yeah, you know, Burns is a, a freshman. He's given you hun there, but as you start to work through that that lineup again, you wonder, okay, are they going to be able to get to him? And he does have the ability to give up the long ball. And with the man on and and knowing that about Burns, I think in that spot, I I would have probably made a move earlier than that. That does not mean it cost Tennessee the game. I I do want to be clear there because more runs were scored and uh, defensive issues. Tennessee had a number of problems that were still going to be a challenge no matter who was out there on the mound. That proved to be true after Burns was taken out. But uh, I would... You went into that game knowing, hey, we have an advantage with the depth of our arms. We have guys that can come out of the pen that we know that we can trust. And it's all hands on deck. And I would have treated it as such. And I would have played inning by inning from there. So it it can sound like hindsight. While he was out there, though, I wondered, okay, is this going to come back to get him? And I think that it did.
1: I'm going to play the other side a little bit. I, I thought that Chase Burns, now this is from the eyeball perspective, Okay. And uh, from the eyeball perspective, I thought he was still pitching pretty well. Uh, I didn't now, maybe he got shook up by the home run. Maybe he got shook up by the long foul ball, but I thought, I thought his ball placement was still good. I thought he was still throwing with good velocity. I mean, we can all say it's the wrong decision afterwards, but at the time, I didn't have a problem with it. And I, obviously i I was wrong, but at the time, I didn't have a problem with
0: well, uh, it well yeah, like well at the time if like if Tony Vitello buzzes Josh Warden and says, "What do you do here, Josh?" At the time, my thought was, "Get him out of there. Let's go ahead and and go to the pin and go to arms that you know that you can trust. change it up on this Notre Dame lineup so that they're seeing a new arm and not seeing burns again." And again, with Burns' ability to give up the long ball, that's just something that concerns me. If I'm Tony Vitello in that spot, and uh, I I do think that if Tony Vitello could do it again, he would not he would not manage it the way that he did.
1: So, to you, this isn't a hindsight 2020 thing. You you thought so at the time.
0: Yeah, at the time I thought they need to make a move. Now uh, it, he he still could have gotten through it. Obviously he did not. Uh, talking about Burns, he still could have gotten through it. But at the time I thought uh, sixth inning, this should be his last inning. You know, m- messaging with uh, with people who you know I trust their baseball opinions. Thought uh, I you know I don't know how much energy he has left out there. He's a freshman. It's a big spot. You have veteran arms in the bullpen that you can trust to come in as well. And uh, part a lot of it is to me just. You're going to make those Notre Dame batters have to adjust with the pressure on them down a couple of runs, now seeing new pitchers as opposed to a guy that you've already seen a couple of times through the order. And, um, yeah, it, it was a concern when he came in against Campbell the weekend before that he has the ability to give up a home run. He was able to get out of it. And maybe that's something that Tony Vitello trusts. And that was different Burns coming out of the bullpen as opposed to, uh, starting out there. But, uh, I just, yeah. At the time, I thought I would make a change here. Uh, Maybe I feared a little bit for Tennessee that it would cost them, and in the end that it it did. Does Tennessee win if if Vitello makes a change? Not necessarily, but I would have liked Tennessee's chances better. Obviously, in hindsight, you'd like Tennessee's chances better.
1: No, definitely. Um and I'm in the minority. We, we did a poll on our Twitter feed, and I think I voted once, and it was still like 95% to five. So I didn't have a problem at all with, with leaving him, him in a little bit longer. In retrospect, I was wrong. But at the very time that I'm sitting there watching the game, I was like, let's see if he can get out of this. But you know, seeing if you can get out of it in a midweek game in May is a little bit different than yesterday.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's funny. Early in the season, Tennessee plays Texas, and they go ahead and make a change because it's early in the year, and you probably don't want to ride his arm too long. And the thought is well, hey, if if Burton's in there longer, maybe you win the game. It's also it's you know it's non conference preseason, whatever before uh, conference play begins. But here we are late in the season, and we're having the opposite conversation. Maybe they should have gotten him out. You know, part of the the thought could be too and. His role has been different. He was a Friday starter, then out of the bullpen, now pitching longer innings again. I just, I, I, I went into Sunday thinking Tennessee's bats were hot on Saturday night, and they have several guys that they can count on. You know, think about um, just a couple weekends before Tennessee, they're cruising through the SEC tournament, give up a couple of hits, like okay, quick, uh, quick pull, we're going to go to the next arm because we know we have other guys that we can count on. And I just I would have treated it that way. I would have said, hey, we need to get, what, nine more outs to get to Omaha. We have a bunch of guys that can get nine outs. Let's make it harder on Notre Dame to try to score runs against our guys. Th- this can sound like hindsight. And I-, I, don't, I don't think Tony Vitello cost Tennessee the game. I just think he should have managed it differently. I think he should have pulled uh, Chase Burns after the sixth inning. I, I would have done it uh, before giving up the two-run home run, but I would have done it before he even went out there in the seventh.
1: Uh, I, I think, you know, I've been, I was an umpire for about five years. Uh, so it's rare for me to criticize uh, umpires as long as you and I've known each other, I bet it's probably only happened like five or six times, but I just thought the the officiating was horrible missed calls, calls that were reversed. Um, I thought most importantly, that the umpires came in with a mindset of we're going to put you in your place. Uh, did and that was Game One, which got Tennessee all sideways. Did did you get that feeling?
0: Well, I don't know if they came in saying we're going to put you in your place. Now, I don't I don't know everything that they hear. You know, they may hear some things that could uh, adjust the thinking because they're human in the middle of the game. Uh, the strike zone on uh, Friday night uh, or or during the weekend overall, uh, I would say not good enough. Now, Sunday there might have been some calls that went Tennessee's way. Um, I don't think. I don't think the umpiring had anything to do with the outcome of the series. The emotion of the series, yes. But I don't think it had anything to do with the outcome. The The Drew Gilbert situation is obviously the, the highest profile. My thoughts on that situation is layered. Uh, I don't think I, – I don't like Drew Gilbert being tossed there. Okay, I'll, I'll take a step back. My general thought is this. I don't like that umpires have the ability to toss a player or coach their own discretion I, I don't think that you should just be able to to do that based on what you what your opinion is or what your emotion is at the time i think there needs to be a more structured system especially if we get to a big game like that that being said drew gilbert has to know that the umpire does have that ability and you you can't swear at an official like that you you just can't maybe one umpire is going to say hey that's your last chance but another umpire might say Hey, that's it. You're out of here. And I I can sit here and can complain about what opportunities umpires are given or how they handle certain situations, but the reality is what it is. And uh, Drew Gilbert screwed up on Friday night, and then that creates even more problems because now everybody's on edge or pitching coaches out. I don't know. Is is Frank Anderson is, is Frank Anderson sitting there on Sunday telling Tony Vitello Hey, maybe we need to go in a different direction here. I, I don't know if Burnsy has enough left because of what Drew Gilbert did. Frank Anderson's not there, so it, it's a, it's unfortunate. I don't like that Drew Gilbert's tossed there. Uh, according to the umpire, he had been warned earlier. Should he have been earlier? I don't know. But the the result is what it is because of Drew Gilbert's decision, and it's really unfortunate because he's he's a great player. He is. I know about the bat flipping and other fans like that of other teams, but he has been a really good representative of Tennessee. And it's a shame that that is going to kind of hover over the final series of the season for this team.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if Frank Anderson would have just uh, calmed his, his his pitcher down in that situation. I mean, maybe
0: Yeah. yeah, there's, there's no way to know. Obviously I'm, uh, but he wasn't there. Right. And, yeah. uh, and I don't think anybody debates that Frank Anderson is a valuable person. Tony Vitello would rather have him there than not. So th- there's no way to know in that situation, but I do know that Tennessee would have rather have had him there. It's all, by, by the way, it was strike one. That was the thing that, that blew me away the most with, with Drew Gilbert. Like the call was terrible. It was awful. Okay. It was strike one. It was a one, one count hang in there. So I, I know that you're down. I know that you're frustrated. But there is no situation. There never has been. I know we can talk about – well, th- th- we're getting soft now. 25 years ago, if a player steps out of the batter's box, walks to the umpire and cusses at him, he has a really good chance of getting tossed. And Drew Gilbert had to know on Friday that that was a real possibility.
1: No doubt about it. Our visit with Josh Saval report brought to you by Zool Beer. You certainly need to check out the Hazy IPA. It's got citric. Galaxy and Nelson, uh, Ode to the King, Rest Easy. It is fantastic. And they're uh, the Rest Easy, Easy MF Gold Medal winner uh, for Juicy Hazy IPA at the 2022 World Cup beer. So that's a worldwide championship of lazy IPAs. The Vols won't be be winning those those championships uh, or that championship this year. But Josh, do you think that i mean tennessee's still on solid ground but if you're tony vitello do you want to button things up a little bit in the offseason do you want to say you know maybe fur coats and daddy hats and and all that so and by the way i love back flipping so that stays on the table mm-hmm. but do you do you curb a little bit of that
0: uh just a little bit and that would be more how we handle our emotions in the middle of a game, uh, the celebrating part. No, no, I would, I would say, Hey, do what you're going to do. And, and you, next year's team is going to be next year's team. You have several really important players you have to replace. You have several really talented, important players coming back, especially in the rotation, but young guys like Burke and more that are going to have a chance to play bigger roles next year in the lineup. So, uh, that I want to keep going. That is the identity of the program, uh, that, that you play loose, that you, you show personality, you don't want to restrict what they are. But here in the last week, like the Jordan Beck middle finger situation, I don't think it's the end of the world by any means. But you don't want that. Uh, The Drew Gilbert situation, obviously, you don't want one of your best players in a position where emotions uh, get out of control and and he can't play for you. So those are some things that I think Tony Vitello can look at and say, okay, how do we better handle these situations? We want our guys to be themselves. Some have that personality. Some don't. But we want to make sure that we channel it – In a positive way, I think those are things that you look at. The program is in excellent shape. They're going to be extremely talented. They're going to be one of the favorites next year. Tennessee might be picked to win the SEC. This this year, the team in a, a conference that's really deep was not picked to be that. They were expected to be good. They ended up being a great team that obviously just fell short, but it doesn't change anything about the structure of the program. You have great leadership with Tony Vitello. You have incredible talent. Recruiting Tennessee is a destination that players will look at if they enter the transfer portal, they just landed a big player for next year's team a few days ago, and uh, that all remains the same. So I'm sure Tony Vitella will look and say, "Okay, what could we have done uh, better here? How could we have handled situations? How could we have played better?" You know, in the, in these spots. When you get to the tournament, they didn't they didn't win a game in Omaha last year, and they lost two of three at home in the Super regional. So there's a lot that they can figure out. But the uh, the support of the program is really better than I think anybody could have expected for Tennessee baseball and the structure of the program is better than anybody would have predicted five years ago.
1: Josh Ward of the sports animal. Again, I uh, go to zoolbeer.com, com X-U-L Zoolbeer.com. You can see it on your screen. If you're watching on video and they've got the rhymes like dimes that won the worldwide award for the juicy uh, hazy IPA. It's fantastic. Um, they've also got the Mike's museum of monsters and mayhem. They've got the Zod. They've got the Telekinetic Yeti, Paper Crowns. And again, the area, the space they have right there on top of the hill in downtown Knoxville is a great place to hang out. So go check them out. That is Zool Beer. Josh, certainly appreciate the time as always. And let's have one of those uh, cold beers soon. And I don't know, maybe take a case to Tennessee's baseball team. They could probably use it.
0: Yep, uh, I think a lot of people connected to Tennessee uh, right now could use some Zool Beer. Th- this will pass, but uh, Zool Beer can help it pass a little better. It, c- it can. Wow,
1: I thought I really thought we were going to be talking about Omaha this morning.
0: Yeah, I did too. Uh, sometimes you know you say there's a team is stunned or fans are stunned or whatever. This was stunning. I, I did not see this coming. Uh, credit to Notre Dame. They went out and and they beat Tennessee, but I did not see it happening. I did not see any team beating tennessee twice in three games at lindsey nelson stadium but that's why they play games
1: yeah give them credit but you and i could go out and run the bases better than them i mean they (laughs) it's just it's not like a disciplined team beat them
0: well college baseball is a funny game dave i think uh, i think people who have just started to check into the game the last couple of years uh there's a there's a reason the best of the best go pro right away out of high school right but it's uh, it's a it's a, fun, it's a fun game this was a fun ride and fans should not forget about what the ride was and it'll give something to to look forward to but now there is time to fill in June because football talk it's it's about to be back right
1: I think it's time for Cruton Josh Ward of the Sports Animal is awesome follow him at Josh underscore Ward and check out Zoolbeer. go to Zulbeard this has been a production of Off the Hook Sports.